You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Opinions expressed in the 6 to Midnight podcast are solely those of the individuals giving them and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Yadude or WYDG. Hi, I'm Proxy. And I'm Al. Between us, we have more than a century of fapping experience. In this show, we review adult games, erotica, and porn so you can know what's good and what's not worth your time. We use a patented 6 to Midnight rating system. You know, like a clock, but like a cock. Six means it's trash, won't get you up at all. Midnight means full mast, and every hour in between gives you an idea of where it's at between the two. Be advised that this episode may contain spoilers for the media reviewed. Obviously. Greetings and welcome back to the 6 to Midnight podcast. I'm Proxy. I'm Al. And on this episode, we're reviewing Deep Space Waifu plus the Academy DLC and To Own a Wolf books one book one wow book one mm-hmm. parts one through five is gonna be huge if you're into it just be into it we don't kink shame no we don't kink shame no we don't kink shame no if you're into it just be into it if you don't like the episode names you can always write angry letters to you know what tweet about it tweets are easier to ignore anyway welcome back <laughs> Um, we're jumping into our second episode. Let's get into some deep space waifu. Let's hit the game first, like we did with our last uh, last and first episode. So starting off, we reviewed Deep Space Waifu, a game that I found kind of as a joke forever ago, yep. and thought, I'm going to pick this up because it's really cheap and it looks dumb. It looks like a, a cheesy getup. Little yep. did I know that I would end up being here, uh, having gained all 69 achievements. Very nice. Nice. Um, with the DLC for it. So deep space waifu, the base game, you can find it on steam also has the Academy DLC. We're reviewing both of them. So my first impressions, I originally picked up the game as a joke since it was so cheap, uh, but soon became so enamored with the self-aware story and the bumping synth wave soundtrack, which really just brought the whole thing together that I ended up picking up a copy for almost all of my friends. I thought might be into it. Yep. Deep Space Waifu blew my initial expectations out of the water and just kept going. What were your, because I'm assuming you're one of the ones that I bought this for. That's correct. Uh, What were your initial thoughts and expectations (laughs) here? What were your first impressions, if you will? My first impression was very simple. It was a fairly well-made bullet hell that seemed very silly. (laughs) A very silly concept. It is a silly concept. It is a silly concept. I love it. It still is. But it is a beloved silly concept. Oh. So when it comes to story and plot, eh. I think the story's simple without lacking depth of character. You're playing as Bear, a perverted bear, just looking for a one-way ticket to Easy Street and some hot babes to enjoy along the way. Each of the girls you encounter are profiles on a dating app. Now they've updated that since I started playing. It used to just be a phone app kind of thing on the computer, and Mm -hmm. it would swipe left or swipe right, depending on whether or not you wanted to play that level, which was really clever. They've since implemented a, like, top-down world map view where you can pick which girl you want to go on a date with, which is also cool. Um, But keep in mind that when I first played this, that wasn't a thing. 
Right. Uh, but they had profiles on a dating app that include a full bio so you can get some insight into the character themselves. And after completing that level, you're treated to a cutscene with some very self-aware but not too cheesy dialogue between Bear and the girl he just encountered. I think the story in plot, if you can call it that, um, it's self-aware enough to be very enjoyable. It does not take itself too seriously. And it's just, it's a fun time. There's quite a few times that like Bear and the girls that he's going after just, <laughs> they just get very fourth wall breaky. Yes. Uh, and they're very aware that it's bad, but also so good. So good. What were your thoughts on the story and plot? The story and plot. Does the story make sense? Sort of. <laughs> Pesos, I guess. maybe. In the concept, in the context of the game, there is some sort of storyline to be gleaned. Uh, I still couldn't entirely tell you what it is. There are big women, and you're shooting their clothes off. They're very large. They're very large women, and you are shooting their very large clothes off. Or maybe you shrunk down like a magic school bus type thing. Could be. It's hard to Either tell. Either way, what more do you want? It's, yes. <laughs> the whole all, thing is like. That's all you really need from the story and plot. It's, I don't think it needs much more than I that. I mean, all the cutscenes and whatnot. Yeah. Bear and the girl are the same size. They're, right. They're roughly both human sized. Um, now, to be fair, this is basically like a dude with a bear head. But yeah, it's like. I was going to say, he's, he's a dude with a bear's head. Yeah, he's it's, not, it's not like a actually a bear, but his name is Bear. His name is Bear. Uh, he rides a really sweet motorcycle spaceship thing that he flies around. That is um, pretty cool. But fact. when you're in the level, it's the girl's freaking huge. She's, it makes it great for a bullet hell. She's huge. She's huge. <laughs> I see what you did there. It is going to be huge. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I put oh, that no. in there. Oh. Wait, are you just now getting that? I'm just. Yes. Wow. Wow. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Um, moving on from that, what were your thoughts on the character depth and development of well, any of the characters, really? <laughs> the main character is Bear. He's a guy with a bear head, as previously stated. He's on a motorbike that has space travel capabilities, which by itself is honestly pretty dope. I don't know how he breathes in space, but it's fine. He doesn't need to explain himself. He's a bear. Uh... Each of the girls has a little, like, bio with them, and they seem to, like, stick to their personalities given to them in their bios, which I think is pretty neat. I agree with that. I like, enjoyed that a lot. They 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 did that when, honestly, they didn't really have to. Like, we all knew what I'm this game was. I'm glad that they did, though. There are too many yeah. lazy developers of smut out there that's just like, get it? She's a gamer because there's a controller. Right. And you're sitting in the background going, that's an Xbox One controller and a PlayStation 4 with Nintendo written on it. I'm not sure what she's playing, but it sort of looks like Spyro Bandicoot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the immortal moon that makes immortal immortals. I'd play it. So, <laughs> huh. I, I do appreciate that the the small amount of depth they did give to their characters, they stuck, they stuck by it. Yeah. And I appreciate that, to be honest. Because they didn't, they really didn't need to. In the context of this game, they could have just been like, yeah, this is generic girl number four. Go shoot her clothes off. Yeah, but then we would have ended up in another Seven Angels issue. It's true. <laughs> Do you remember any of the characters? Well, to be fair with Deep Space Waifu, I may not remember their names, but I, I remember either. some of their traits. 
Yes. Specifically that one in particular that was like a and streamer. And I'm sure that if you went up to a woman that you'd met once and said, hey, you're that one that likes this type of game. She would either be very impressed or she'd be like, yeah, but what's my name? That's when you get real smooth with it, mm. right? You go, um, sorry, what was your name again? And then she's all pissed off and is like, Catherine. And you're like, no, I know your first name. I meant your last name. That's smooth. Sm- also bordering on creepy. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Use it at your own discretion. <laughs> Use it at your own risk. That's like, I lost my phone number. Can I have yours? Oh, geez. That's- you are master of pickup lines. Yeah. You know this about me. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Uh, any other thoughts on character depth and development? Not really. See, so I thought the characters from Bear to the girls he encounters, and I say encounters because he's not quite dating them, actually have a reasonable amount of depth of character. Like, you're not going to write a biography on any of them anytime soon, but the player gets enough information on the girls to know something about their personality. Their clothing and accessories tend to match their personality fairly well, and the cutscenes after the level hold true to the character's traits. Though they may not be incredibly deep characters, they're at least true to the personality traits established. So kudos to them for that, because like you said, they didn't have to, but I'm really appreciative that they did. Yeah, for sure. If you're a connoisseur of such things, I guess go appreciate it as well. Like we are. <laughs> like, we are connoisseurs of smut, if you will. Connoisseurs. <laughs> Fuck, we could have named the podcast The Connoisseurs. Damn. Shit. Well, well, it's too late now. It's too late. Wouldn't have made sense with the rating system. No, that's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we probably wouldn't have. Okay, no, never mind. Moving on. Connoisseurs. <laughs> anyway, so gameplay. How do you feel about gameplay, Proxy? I'm not sure I can possibly praise the polished gameplay here enough. Deep Space Wife, who builds upon the basic bullet hell game by not only having the player dodge incoming fire and destroy enemies and gather power-ups, but also adds the element of needing to destroy the clothing of the girl you're flying over. Or not, if you're playing the server. I was just going to say that. If you're playing gentleman's mode. Gentleman's mode. That's Annabelle had asked me that. She said, what's gentleman's mode? And I'm like, that's where you try and kill all the enemies and get five stars without damaging any of the clothing. Gentleman's mode. Like a sir. Like a, a connoisseur. Uh, each girl has several layers of clothing to be removed. I think technically it's like two layers. You have the outer layer that you're removing during the beginning part of the fight to get, get down to like the underwear. Mm-hmm. And then when you're fighting the boss, that's when you're removing all the underlayers. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully you're not still working on outer layers at that point. Yeah, because it's going to suck. Because I've had times when I've had to dodge, not only dodge boss fire, but also not hit the boss. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't want to destroy him before I've destroyed all the clothing. Right. I want 100% this game. So, <laughs> got a hundo P that game. Um, so the <laughs> the layers of clothing are represented by hit boxes with numbers in them. By shooting the boxes, the numbers get lower and lower till they reach zero, and the clothing takes damage shown by a change in the art. Sometimes it's just a nick in the shirt or a rip or a tear. Sometimes it's like, you know, a stocking is gone. Um, My least favorite part. <laughs> and <laughs> until eventually, yeah, I'll always leave the socks on. Uh, until eventually you destroy a full piece of clothing to reveal what lies beneath. Usually, this means that the player will be removing the outer layers of clothing for the first part of the level while also trying to stay alive and destroy enemies to gain stars to get a good overall rating. After a certain amount of time passes and you've made so many passes over the girl or the boss fight begins, did I mention that these girls are huge? 
your screen will pan and slide all over the girl as you're playing, offering the player plenty of opportunity to appreciate each curve as you pass by. I think that's honestly part of what makes it so good is the slow build because they're distracting your brain enough with the gameplay that is the bullet hell, Mm -hmm. but also entertaining the lewd side of your brain. So, and they know, they know their audience. There's a mouse only mode to begin with. And you <laughs> I can, have that in my review of the gameplay. <laughs> oh, good. You can unlock a one-handed mode, which is wonderful. It is. Uh, once you're in the boss fight, the damage boxes for the girl's undergarments will appear and you can begin to remove her clothing entirely. During this time, you're also contending with dodging the incoming attacks from the boss while whittling their health bar down to nothing. Ideally, you get clothing removal to 100%, five stars, and don't lose all your lives in the process. At the end of the level, you're rewarded with a full body shot of the girl, which you have the option to save to a gallery folder for later use, followed by her cutscene. Yes. Your take on gameplay. It is a bullet hell game. Yes. I am not personally a fan of bullet hells very often. This is quite honestly the only one I love. Wow. I I mean, it. It, it is what it is. You can you can arrow key it. You can wazda it. You can. I hate wazdaing it. I <laughs> I don't mind wazdaing it occasionally. I hate it when I get a wazd all over my keyboard. <laughs> so I just prefer the mouse. Mm-hmm. Mouse only mode is the way mouse to go. Mouse only mode is the way to go. It's just like further evidence that this game knows exactly who its clientele are and what they are going to be using this game for. Yes. I appreciate that they know that. They do. Uh, I also like the description of one-handed mode. It's like mouse-only mode for lefties. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, what? <laughs> or no, it was the other way around. It was mouse-only mode is like uh, no one-hand mode for lefties. Right, right, Because right, you'd right. be using your right hand for the mouse. And Yeah. Yep. 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 Good so times. I, I appreciate the humor in that. Also, yes. the function in that. For sure. And, like, that's, that's pretty much it. Like, I, I don't have a lot of honestly comments on bullet hell games because they're not my bag Mm. did you end up getting all the achievements not yet okay i'll be honest i have not i made it a point (laughs) i know you did 69 achievements on every game on every game that they have put out yes and i'm following every game that they put out Mm. and i'm buying them the day they're they putting come it out. out and you're putting it right out for them. Yeah, too. I put out, they put out, they put out, I put out. It's a circle of life. It's the circle really. jerk of life is the thing. Nature is beautiful. <laughs> Nature, you beautiful. <laughs> uh, now, mod ability. We cannot talk about this game without talking about mod ability. Oh, yes, yes, quite. <sighs> Being that these games are on Steam and we're on Steam before Steam stopped caring about the content. By default, the animations for the girls have no nipples, no genitals. If you're into mannequins, this is how you want to play. <laughs> However, the folks at Neko Climax Studio have you covered. Enabling the nude patch is as simple as going into your game files and creating a new blank text file and naming it nude.patch. Legit, that's it. Restart the game and you've got yourself a good time on nipples and genitals. Boom. Mic drop. I did not think it was going to be that. Everyone in the Steam community was just like that. It can't be that simple, but it is is that simple. I've done it for every deep space waifu game that has come out since. Yep. Works on all of them. It does. So good. So easy. Even a dum-dum like me can do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
and not have their tech boyfriend do it for them. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Delightful. Yes. Um, do you have anything else to add to the modability on it? No, that's pretty much it. Fair enough. That's, I mean, that, that, then really in that case, I'll let you really take need. a lead on fapability. The fapability. Give me your thoughts on the fapability of deep space waifu. Well, if you. Is it the weebiest wank you've had this Wednesday? Bless you. Thank and you. No. Oh. <laughs> Boo. Boo. We played soccer MMO. Oh, that's right. We did. <laughs> that's another episode. That's another episode entirely. Uh, if you're the type to get off to bullet hells, boy, is this for you. Buy this right now. Buy their entire collection. Uh, personally, I get very anxious during bullet hells, and that kind of kills the mood for me a little bit. But uh, the pictures are very good for later research. Yes. Have have been accessed a few times for reasons. Reasons, of course. Yep. <clears throat> the most sir of reasons. Not the most gentlemanly of reasons. Of course. It's just not the same if you don't put some bump and synth wave in the background while you're looking at them. That is entirely correct. Like, the, the music was better for me than the actual game was because bullet hells make me so damn anxious. Mm-hmm. It also wasn't, as far as I'm concerned, it wasn't like, if you're a connoisseur of fine bullet hells, this is not what's going to get you going if you're talking bullet hell gameplay. Okay. Uh, because I've played some bullet hells in my day, and let me tell you, some of them, it's like navigating a maze that is a hair width thin, and the edges are like playing um, Operation. Oh, boy. So it's like, okay, I have to be very, very surgically precise with how I move myself through these attacks. Oh, I don't like that. Like, I played I'm Fury. I'm tense enough just thinking about it. <laughs> I played Fury, dude. It was, I'm oh, tense enough a, just thinking about it. What a mess. Um, oh, Lord. So it's not going to destroy you if you're not a bullet hell enthusiast. I think it's a good entry into the, the no. genre. Like, I can play it. Right. So if I can play it. If Al can, can do it, it, so can you. That's really the, the long and short of it. <laughs> we all have our strengths and weaknesses, and bullet hells are not your strengths. Bullet hells are not my strengths. <laughs> my strength is dating sims. <laughs> yes, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anything else on fapability? No, that's that's all I had, really. So, I, I have that uh, Neko Climax Studio, I applaud you for knowing your audience. When it comes to gameplay for Deep Space Waifu, you have the option for mouse-only mode, which we discussed, right from the start, meaning that you'll use the mouse to move your ship all over the screen while using your mouse buttons to fire and activate your special attack. That means you got a hand free to give yourself a good rubbing while you're playing. The music provides a great beat to get off to, and the slow buildup of getting the girl naked really helps to set the mood. Destroying enemies and dodging incoming fire keeps the player's mind busy enough to not get bored while removing clothing and build up and building up. For a really good time, try playing through the entire game, building up but not getting off until you face the last boss. All that build-up tension will have you blowing a hole in your drywall when you finally get off. Jesus. Pro tip. Pro tip. <laughs> Play through the whole game. <laughs> like, edge yourself to the end of a level and then stop. Go through the cutscene. Next level. Build up. Kill the boss. Stop. That's the process. Oh, boy. That's the fucking process. Wow. Get yourself a, like, a, a remote control vibe if, you're, if you want to have like a hands-free experience. Mm -hmm. And just like, you know, remote on... And then slow it down and then on and, uh, you know, depending on uh, 
Noted. <laughs> Depending on the bits you're working with. You know, let's get ingenuitive here. Ingen- let's get inventive. Let's get creative. <laughs> let's We're get getting ingenuitive with our ingenuitive. language here. That's, I'm going to have to add that to the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> ingenuitive. Broccoli had a stroke. <laughs> it um, basically means very smart. <laughs> it's like when you give a pothead weed and nothing to smoke out of. All of a sudden, they're a fucking engineer. <laughs> ingenuitive. Ingenuitive. Um, kink variety. So None. None? Uh... <laughs> So I put the kink variety in the first Deep Space Waifu game and Academy DLC is mostly centered around clothing style and personality type. They've got the self-centered model types, anime otaku, crazy psycho girls who will threaten your own mother for talking to you too kindly. And of course, the Academy DLC adds the ever popular schoolgirl uniform to the roster as well. There's not a huge variety of kink here, but what they do, they do well. Yeah. Okay. You, all right. <laughs> I mean, I said there's no really types of kink in this game at all. So. The, yeah, there's really not. The. the. It's really just a variation in clothing and personality styles. Variation comes with you. the. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Me and the variation. We come at the same time. Me and the variation. We, we come pretty frequently. Uh, no, it really just, it comes down to the girls, their clothes and their personalities. There's not really a a kink variety, I would say. Fair enough. Hmm. Uh, What did this game earn as a final rating for you and why? I'm dying to know what your final rating for this is because you like this game probably more than I do. Probably. It's going to get awkward if you give it a higher rating than I do. That is going to be awkward. I gave it an eight. Okay. On Uh, a scale of six to midnight. On a scale of six to midnight, this game gets an eight for me. That's like a half chub. Yeah. It's like half, a little bit halfway between there. And, uh, it's like at it that would... point where you could almost convince people that you're a shower, not a grower. And, right. Uh... <laughs> go, go right. On. Uh, my rating for this would be a lot higher if Bill Hills didn't give me so much anxiety and I was more comfortable. Is anxiety not your kink? It is not actually. Weird. I know you look at my dating track record and you would think it is. <laughs> but uh there's a difference between liking anxious people and liking to be anxious. <laughs> liking to be anxious. Yeah, being anxious is not my kink. Uh oh. not at all. So the fact that I get really anxious while playing these games does nothing for me as far as turn me on. However, the research material provided is more than sufficient to make up for the anxiety that it produces. So for me, I gave it a 10. Six, wow. Scale of six to midnight, I gave it a 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hesitant to give anything a full midnight rating unless it really, it's got to come with like a force feedback cod piece. <laughs> um, I gave it a 10. Deep Space Waifu is a great game to fap to if that's what you're looking to do, but it's also a great bullet hell overall. With Gentleman's Mode as a challenge to clear levels without destroying any clothing, it can satisfy even the most challenge hungry gamer. The studio did a fantastic job. The art is well done. And having 69 achievements on Steam, you guys just get me. That's all I have nice. to say about that. They just, they get me. They do. That's and true. I appreciate it. They need and, you. Uh, some of the, now some of the later games, which we may end up doing full reviews on going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is worth noting that in some of the later games, they initiated what they called milk mode. After, oh, yeah. After you beat the girl. 
uh, you're able to fly around the giant picture of her body. And if you turn on milk mode, you can fire um, white fluid at her that will splatter uh, wherever you're shooting. Mm-hmm. It uh, you can it's sort of like a decorate your own bukkake. <laughs> build your own bukkake. <laughs> build build a bukkake. <laughs> now coming to the mall right next to Toys R You. <laughs> Toys am you. Toys am me. Toys in you. Toys in us. Toys in us. That's it right there. Toys in us. That's what I'm going to name my sex shop when I open it. (laughs) It's going to be perfect. So many people will be there. Toys in us. Toys in us. You go in the store and they're like, here's your cart and also here's your bullet vibe. Please insert while you're here for your visit. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That thing looks a little big. Um, So anyway, that's... That sounds like quit and talk. (laughs) That does sound like quit and talk. (laughs) So that's uh that's all I've got for Deep Space Waifu and the Academy DLC. Overall, I think that it's absolutely worth picking up the first game at very least. Uh, they do hit a lot, bunch of other things. Uh, there's Neko Mimi. There's or Neko Mew, not Neko Mew. That was a different game, very different game. Um, I like the little fantasy right now. <laughs> world. And there's a few others. So like, if you see one that strikes your fancy, the gameplay is the same for a lot of them. Uh, however, although flat justice feels a little weird because everyone in that game is flat chested. Mm-hmm. So you almost feel like a pedo just because of the way that they design the characters. Not Correct. not so much because of the flat chested part, but yeah. the design for the characters is very young. Very, yeah. Very youthful. Questionable um, youthful. However, I hate to agree with the community that that game had the best soundtrack of all of them. Hands down. It was very good. But if nothing else, download this for the like soundtracks. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're so good. You can download just the soundtrack. Yeah. Very solid soundtrack. Recommend. I'm going to have to during the break. I'll look up and see if I can find it on Spotify. If I find Eight it out on of Spotify, would recommend. if I find it on Spotify, I will uh, link it, link it in the show notes. But that being said, we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back at you, we'll have a review of To Own a Wolf parts one through five of book one. Exiled by his pride for unacceptable desires, Ritnar lives alone. Until one day, he finds a strange and fascinating furless creature washed up on the shore. He nurses him to health and determines to gain his trust and, perhaps, his heart. But a terrible misunderstanding drives the human, Tristan, away and right into the dangerous, lustful claws of Ritnar's former pride leader. Hey guys, it's Proxy. I know what you're thinking. How could I possibly listen to more of these smooth, buttery tones? Well, good news for you. I also do audiobooks. The first audiobook I produced is Lustful Claws, Tiger and Tales, Book 1, by Sindal Rivers. You can find it on Amazon or Audible. For only a few dollars, you could listen to these smooth, buttery tones tell you all about the story of Ritnar, a tigerin. And Tristan, his forbidden love. Just search Lustful Claws or Sindal Rivers on Audible today. Oh, hey there. Back for more. Of course you are. (laughs) Of course you are. It's time for us to delve into our review of To Own a Wolf Parts 1 through 5 by Lithier. I really hope I'm pronouncing that right for the love of criminy if someone knows otherwise. Because my dyslexia, I was pronouncing it Lither for a while. You were. Um... 
Can't but I realize there's another I in there. <laughs> Lithier or Lithier. Or Lithier, if they're French. Lithier. It might be. Who knows? Or all the letters are silent and you're just supposed to pronounce it. That's like that game, V. There are six V's. The developer wow. said, no, it's pronounced V. The other five V's are silent. I like that. Yep. So anyway. I love that. I'll be entirely um, honest. I also love it. <laughs> so to own a wolf parts one through five by Lithier. My first overall impressions, first slash overall slash romper impressions, as we discussed during the break. Uh, this <laughs> this is by far one of my favorite furry erotica books I've come across. And that says something to me because I also own Fang volumes one and three. It manages to touch not only on very erotic and diverse vocabulary, but also on topics of psychology and philosophy, bringing the reader a new perspective on what may otherwise be taboo topics. I think To Own a Wolf is a must-read for any fan of erotic literature. That's my opinion. What's your take? What's your first impressions? Thank you. First of all, I was worried when we first read this that I thought it was so good because we had just previously read Edward Naughty. (laughs) (laughs) and i was very worried that it was just like oh you were just like proper sentences he used something other than pussy lips (laughs) i'm in love oh but then we read it again later and i was like oh no this is actually like quality incredible work of smut and literature as it's we'll get into that but yeah yeah because it just everything about it is enjoyable from the mechanics of his writing his or her writing and to the story itself it just hit every right point especially for me Mm, yeah like the topics discussed the the story and as things evolve you just start to get more and more i became like invested in this story for more than just the smut and it's yeah so good yes it's so so good what should we what should we touch on first aside from ourselves Oh, we're doing that right now? I, <laughs> I thought we did that during every episode. This is weird. Oh, yeah. This is awkward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go right into the characters because they really like breathe yes. that particular life into this story. So like the characters in this story are incredibly detailed and deep. Uh, the two main characters, Chris and Block, are so vividly described really makes them feel almost, like, real and tangible, which is what you want in a story. Considering the fact that this is the first time in any of the stuff we've reviewed that you remembered characters' names. I sure did. <laughs> Me too. I know. Like, I, I remember their names. I remember what they are like. And, like... You remember personality traits and the way that they speak. Yes. The and way they handle themselves. I didn't have to, like, go back to the work as I was writing this review. To and look up the names. To make sure that I was getting the names right, because I remembered their names. And I remembered, like, how they were spelled because of the depth of the discussion in this work. And, like, the development over time just feels really organic and real. And the exploration of what it is to be, like, a slave in this context and everything is just so fascinating to see it from like a different perspective i would say yeah i know that was one of the reasons that uh lithier put in the end notes that they wanted to put this book together was to give people like that alternate perspective from chris's perspective yeah of being raised to be a slave 
and then contrasting that with Locke's perspective of I live in a country where everyone should be free. And I think that if you're not free, you can't be happy. And it really starts delving into what is happiness. And like this like psychological, like just exploration of not human mind because this is a furry novel, but yeah, the sentient mind. Yes. And it's intriguing as well as it is erotic. Very much. Uh, it's also very, like, I even remember what animals people were, um, like Locke being a snake. They got, it confused me at first only because I hadn't seen the design for the character. It, and you assume snake, yeah. you assume there are no legs or arms separate from anything. Right. They did it more of a, like, snake's head on a snake-styled but more human anthropomorphized body, which I think was an interesting choice, but it worked as far as it I'm sure concerned. Did. That part was a little hard to wrap my head around until I saw the actual picture, and then it just kind of made sense. It also confused me from time to time when, in the same way that one might refer to someone's dick as their manhood, and every now and then Locke's dick was referred to as his snakehood, which only confused me because some snakes, like cobras, have a hood. Right, right. And so I'm like, uh, that would be oh, like, oh, it's it's one word, yeah, not it, two words. One word, not two, yeah. And that's really the only defining factor for me there. So, <laughs> see, I had not, I did not have that problem until this very moment when you said it. And yeah, well, now you can't read anymore. And uh, now I can't read it anymore. <laughs> so for me, about the characters, though, you're absolutely gonna remember the characters from To Own a Wolf. Each character discussed is fleshed out in such a manner that we can get a real understanding for their character and motives. There is no wishy-washy indecision in characters' actions. Each one knows what they want and follows their underlying motives and personality through and through. Beginning to end. You don't get situations where the character is like... <laughs> you don't get the Eddie Knotts scenario here. You don't get the Eddie Knotts sequence of the magical of, disappearing. These are my brothers. There's some of them. Uh, we didn't grow up together, but also we did. But also, like, I want to fuck them, but also that's disgusting. Also, don't do that, but also I had bad potato salad, so. Okay, well, you're spoiling <sighs> one of our future episodes right now. That's fine. We'll get there. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, moving on from that. That was pretty much the whole story. Now they don't even need to listen to it. No, they're not going to know what book it is. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all still going to be surprised. That's probably true. Uh, so... As far as story, plot, and the writing go, uh, story follows Locke, a snake attending college who's gifted it with a wolf s from his distant and possibly illegally involved uncle. Uh, she possibly. has been trained as a slave for most of her life and has come to serve Locke as his new personal slave. Living in the 21st century, Locke has trouble coming to grips with this, juggling that with his college life, his own desires conflicting with his own not wanting to feel like he owns someone else and right. is responsible for their life. And the plot gets so deep into that. Like I said, hitting on psychology and philosophy perspectives, and it gets so much deeper than that. And I think it's well articulated throughout the story. I agree. I think that the plot for this whole story is excellent. The continuity is flawless and a breath of fresh air after the other so much <laughs> works of literature. Good old Eddie Knotts. I use the term literature loosely. Uh, 
that we've read. The story flows seamlessly from one character to the next, really makes it feel like you could be a part of this story as it unfolds, which it really just... It's an exceptional story. It adds depth, and it adds, like, this extra little bit when it gets to the steamier parts of it, Mm. where you're, like, already super involved in the story and the characters that now you're, like, emotionally and sexually invested in this scene. See, that just makes it all the better. That is the mark of a true artist when it comes to adult content, I think, Mm. is if you can get me involved and invested in the characters that I care about them themselves enough and then carry that over into a smutty adult medium so I still care about these characters and you're holding true to their character traits and personality type through those situations, which they very much did. The characters were the characters. They are very solid in who and what they are. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of learning process that goes on with that. Also, the writing. My God, the writing. The writing is so good. Now, to be fair, I had actually read through parts one through four prior to ever reading Eddie Knotts. Um, so, which is his new uh, somewhat semi-affectionate name we've given him uh, for Edward Knotty. His but, official unofficial nickname. So, Lithier uses the English language in the same manner that Django uses a gun with impressive skill. None of the sex scenes are copy-pasted from earlier scenes. The use of adjectives and verbs is changed up, and the overall vocabulary is very pleasing. Lithier elegantly expresses not only sexual encounters, but also deep and troubling points of view in such a manner that it allowed me as the reader to really get inside the head, and sometimes other places, of the characters involved. Well put. Thank you. I try to articulate my opinions eloquently. And sometimes it's very ingenuous. I try to (laughs) pussy lips. Sorry, that was the only word I had left in my vocabulary. Oh, Eddie Knotts. Uh, Did you have any other opinions on the writing itself? Aside from great. Aside from nice? Nice. No, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Uh, Which brings us to fapability. Unless you have other things to add before fapability. No, please. So, would you like to take this one first? Or would you like me to lead in with it? Well. Well. <laughs> to be fair, you had it read to you. I did, and I highly recommend that that be the medium t- from which you receive this. <laughs> have it read to you by proxy. Have it read to you by by the one and only Proxy Fox. Because that was, it absolutely added something to. Was it a good something? Yes. I didn't use a Patrick Warburton voice for anyone, I don't think. No, I don't think you did. And I was so proud of you. (laughs) Still am. (laughs) Not yet, anyway. Oh, yeah. We still have more parts to go. We still have more parts to go. And undoubtedly more wonderful characters to be introduced. (sighs) I'm so ready. (laughs) Potential. Boss, potential Patrick Warburton voice. The Warburtoning. <laughs> the Warburtoning. <laughs> At the end of times will be called as the Warburtoning. I got off to this several times. Uh-huh. And not like in the way that I got off after we got done with Eddie Knotts. <laughs> and and it had nothing to, to do with else. Eddie Knotts. This had everything to do with the story. And writing the experience, as they say. Yes, that. 
if that's what you want to call it. Did it make it easier that you had both hands free? It did. Well, I just read it did. to you. Get a Bluetooth headset. <laughs> call Proxy. <laughs> Get yourself a Bluetooth headset. Call Proxy the Fox. And For have him read you a For only $5 an hour. I could read to you. And for only $10 an hour, he won't read it in Patrick Warburton. <laughs> oh. Oh, see, that's how we get him. Yeah, that's how you get him. Would you like to remove Patrick Warburton narration for an extra, or an extra $5? $5 an hour. Uh. <laughs> that's, I mean, factability. Um, if it was like a scale of one to five or whatever, it'd be a five. It's a scale of six to midnight always. Well, it's a, then it's a midnight. Very fappable. Very fappable. Fapable. Fapable. It's like fapple juice. Sure <laughs> is. Oh no. I just that's made what I'm something. I'm calling it now. Fapple uh, sauce. Fapple sauce. <laughs> Fuck, that's so good. <laughs> uh, so I have the incredible depth to the descriptions of the sex scenes, coupled with well developed and deep characters, make this potentially the first erotica that I've actually gotten off to while reading. Lithier paints such an incredible picture of the scene that it's hard not to get completely wrapped up in it. Thank goodness for phones that have ring locks on the back so you can hold them one-handed and not drop them on your face while you're in bed. Mm. This is before I got my Kindle, so I was just reading it on my phone. But mm. Now you need a ring on your Kindle. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so you don't drop your Kindle on your face. Well, I have a, I have a like, uh, a handhold on the Kindle you also have case like that a, I have. A chair that you can sit in. I do, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, when I was reading it to you, it was up on my desktop. Ah, so yes. I was in bed. <laughs> now, I gave horizontal this cardio. You know, horizontal cardio. <laughs> <laughs> I gave this a final rating of six to midnight at eleven. I said before, and I'll say again, it's going to be hard for me to give anything a perfect rating. But this is as close to perfect as I've seen thus far. Uh, this may be the first time I've ever read an erotic novel that touched so deeply on psychology, perception, and philosophy. It was the kind of read that brought a rush of blood to both my heads. Ooh, ooh. Great to get off to, great to ponder on, descriptive, hot, and the kind of story that will stay with you long after you finish reading it and finished on it. What do you got for a rating on this, Bad Larry? Uh, my final rating for Two and a Wolf is straight up midnight. Straight up full mast. Full mast. Uh, and it's not, I will not disagree that it deserves it. It does. It absolutely does. It absolutely it's a does. master class of writing. And maybe my rating is higher because I had it read to me by the one and only Proxy Fox. Maybe. And maybe if you had had it written to you by the, the one, one and only Proxy, Proxy Fox, <laughs> it would be a midnight for you as well. Uh, this story hits all the right points for me. It explores fetishes that I find extremely sexy. And the writing is just so good that even without the draw of the steamy sex scenes, I would still want to read this book. The combination of being furry and having a master-slave dynamic while simultaneously exploring sexuality with other characters and the stark contrast between a, general, a generally vanilla lifestyle and that of a slave altogether is just a delightful to read. Uh, Absolutely. Even if you wanted to take a percentage of the sex scenes, what did I say here? Even if you wanted to take a percentage of sex scenes to times I got off listening to this story, it would still be a hundred percent. Every time a steamy sex scene 
has been described, I had no trouble getting off to it. Yeah, and there's never a time in it where you're going, this seems oddly familiar, like this has happened before, pussy lips. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it did it's not get the so, Eddie treatment. <laughs> it did not. And I... It did not. It, it did not. Um, but I did. It also, like, speaking of, I'd like to take a minute to appreciate the fact that they did get into the anatomy, speaking of knots, of mm-hmm. the wolf. Uh, Wolfess. Wolfess. Both. Yes. Um, So good. Attention to detail, on point. Incredible. They paid attention to, or Lithier paid attention to, uh, when they went out to, uh, was it the globe? The orb? The, the something. The sphere. Whatever round shape that the bar was based off of. That's the only thing I'm really not recalling is the name of that particular bar they went to. Oh, that's going to bug me. We're going to look that up later. We are. But it, um, like paying attention to the background characters as well and what they're doing and how that's attracting attention from people around them and, you know, being able to get inside of Locke's head with, you know, he's a very vanilla soy boy at the start of all of this. And then Chris comes out of nowhere and it's yeah. just like, hey, what if your life wasn't so vanilla, though? And ugh. and his anxieties that go along with that and what mm-hmm. will people think and his like trying and tripping over his own words to try and explain what's going on. It's it's just all so well put together and well thought out that the, the world that it exists in feels like a real place. We could literally go on about this book for like. Another couple We're, of hours. This book in particular we won't, but we are definitely making another episode with parts 6 through 10 once 10 is finished. Yes. Or at very least 6 through 9 if 10 doesn't come out. Right. I'm it's waiting for a second so anthology from Lithier because I have parts 6, 7, 8, and 9 waiting for part 10 to come out. And then I will buy the full collection again because Lithier deserves every penny that I can possibly give them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. That's all we've got for you this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our review of Deep Space Waifu and the Academy DLC, as well as To Own a Wolf, Parts 1 through 5 by Lithier. In the show description, I've left you some links, some space for links. Our first episode only had, like, uh, I swear I'll write something here soon. <laughs> um, I might go back and fix that. But wow. I've, <laughs> I've left links for you guys for the media reviewed as well as resources for us. I'm working on getting us a Patreon set up and a Teespring uh, as well as I have the links to the media we've reviewed. I have an affiliate link for To Own a Wolf, parts one through five. If you want to give that a read, you can click on the link in the show description and we will get a portion of that funding towards us for being the people who sent you there. It doesn't cost you any extra. I just want to be forward with you that that's what happens. You click that link, you buy the book, we get us we we see some of that couple dollars that you spend because I think it's only like three bucks, maybe four. So eh. I'll also put a link to Deep Space Waifu on Steam. And I did manage on the break to find a playlist. It's seven tracks on Spotify that is Deep Space Waifu. Some of the songs that were used in the games. It's not a definitive, you know, this is all the songs that were used in Deep Space Waifu, the first game, or Academy, they didn't have really much more than just the one playlist, but it will at least give you a taste of the kind of music that you'll get in a Deep Space Waifu game. And it's so good. I highly recommend it if you have a Spotify account. I mean, if you don't, make one for free and then just go listen to it on Shuffle and have yourself a good time. 
excuse me. Um, <laughs> at any rate, we'll see you guys again next time when we review Amorous and The Christian Boy's Guide to Sex with Demons by PJ Wolf. I'm so excited. Until then, fap happy, stay lubed up, and we'll see you next time. Deuces. <laughs>